out the park. Hit him with a strike. From the national anthem to the bottom of the night. I'm in Slammy, Ego, Slammy, Ego, Slammy, Ego, Slammy, Ayy. You already know what's up. What's that? Another home run. But you know the job ain't done. Till we hold that trophy up. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 390 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you here. It is April 30th, 2023, Sunday afternoon. The Padres, they just knocked off the San Francisco Giants 6-4, to a comeback victory. Padres are down 4 to nothing at one point in this game. They came back all the way back. They win it. They win yesterday 16-11. to what a wild game that was. So my reaction is coming up to those two games. If you want to join the show and you're here live, just click that link that is pinned up at the top of the chat. If you want to join and give your thoughts on this series or anything that you have on your mind, Padres related, uh, some San Diego sports stuff at the end. There's actually a good amount of things going around uh, around the city, not just Padres. So we'll get to that. Thank you, everyone, for coming on in. Just as we take some time here let some people get on in here uh just a reminder you can use my code talking friars on seat geek if you're going if you want to get tickets to fernando tatis jr's 2023 petco park debut tomorrow's game you can use my code talking friars on seat geek for those underdog fantasy for great daily pickums and drafts breaking tea you can get great san Diego sports swag there and gaglion bros obviously the big sponsor of this show. Uh, they've been with me for a long time now. Um, visit gaglionbros.com, their entire menu. They're they're at Petco Park. They're at Snapdragon Stadium. Obviously, great food there. All right, let's get started here. Let's see what people are saying in the chat. Vince says, great game today. Nice comeback. Are you going to the game tomorrow? Yes, I will be there tomorrow. Yeah, definitely not going to miss. I mean, I was hoping Will was going to be playing, but... It seems like he has an illness. I'll look up later, actually, like the update on Will Myers because I'd like him to be playing because he's on the IL. Undisclosed illness is, I guess, what ESPN is saying. Trevor says, great two games in Mexico. Yeah, that, I mean, pitchers... There were a lot of runs allowed, but I'm not going to freak out about all of the, the runs that were allowed in this series because it's Mexico. How come I didn't travel to Mexico? Well, I was working yesterday at the Wave game because uh, I work for them. And then today I, I have the show after. So, yeah, I did not plan on doing that. It, it looked like a great environment, though. So shout out to anyone that did go. All right, let's get to today's game. We'll talk about tomorrow's game, or not tomorrow. We'll talk, yeah, we'll talk about tomorrow's game in a little bit, but we'll talk about yesterday's game as well here in a little bit. Uh, but today, Padres win six to four. As I said, they were down four to nothing at one point. I wasn't really that concerned when they were down by that much, like because of Mexico, you know, like just the environment and knowing how many runs the Padres scored last night. I was like, Four runs, that's nothing. With the offense that the Padres have, they can get out of this. And they ended up getting out of it. Not in the ways that I thought they were going to, but they got out of it. They won the game. That's all that matters. I was not expecting 
Uh, well, I guess I was expecting an Austin Nola home run because I tweeted that yesterday. I was because the home run derby that was happening yesterday, I was like, okay, Austin Nola better hit a home run if, in this environment here, and he ends up hitting a bomb today, which was cool. I think it was his first home run on the season, but I wasn't expecting them to come back with, especially well when it was tied at four, the little bloop by Carpenter. And it wasn't the best route by Matt, uh, by uh, not Matt, um, Mike Yastrzemski in center. He must have pulled his hammy there, which it sucks, obviously, as I said on my post game reaction. But he he didn't go straight to the ball. Maybe he lost it, or he thought the ball was going to go straighter, and he just had to come in. Because initially he went just straight in, then he went right. If you're looking at it from his view, you know, looking towards home plate, he went right to go get it. And he dove. He could have caught it because it definitely hit gloved, but he didn't. And the Padres, they took the lead there, and they won the game. You, Darvish, today, I thought he pitched good. I mean, yeah, did he get – you know, you look at his line and nine hits, like that That doesn't look great. And three home runs, that doesn't look great either. But he didn't walk anyone, right? No free passes like that. And he struck out nine, which is huge. Usually, you know, the strikeouts, you don't need to have a ton of strikeouts in, you know, let's say it's at Petco Park or something because balls in the air, they don't have – it's there's not as great of a chance of it leaving the ballpark as it is or as it was in Mexico in these two games, right? But in Mexico, those strikeouts, those become more important, I think, than in, than, uh, in regular environments. So he struck out nine, and he went six innings. Like, he gave the Padres some length. Musgrove was not able to go that long yesterday in the first game of this series. He ended up not even making it through four, and he he gave up seven earned runs. That's how many – that's because some of the runs ended up scoring when someone else came in, um, but they were charged to Musgrove. But I'm taking that from Darvish. Like, for me, like I said on my postgame reaction – Six innings, four runs today from Darvish. I'm going to take that as a quality start because it's Mexico. You know, you, you can give them give them a run, give them a little bit of room to work with there. Uh, so his ERA now three six zero, and Musgrove's ERA. What is his ERA now? Ten eighty. Like that is totally not reflective of Musgrove, just the pitcher in general. He's made only two starts this year. And one of them was in pitcher's hell, right? So I'm not even looking at the ERA. For Musgrove, I'm kind of just throwing that outing out. And with Darvish, I thought it was a fine outing considering the circumstances. What do you all think about the outings from Darvish, the outings from Musgrove? I'm not taking much stock into the Musgrove one. As I said last night, like, I'm just not. I know that's not who he is as a pitcher. And I think he did admit to the media that, like, yeah, the elevation does things to pitches. Like the movement isn't quite there as it usually is, and that's going to affect guys. It just is. Dan says, best result we could expect, two Ws, and the bullpen relatively healthy. Hope to see Myers tomorrow if he's back. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to be back playing, but I hope he makes the trip to San Diego. I mean, he'd get a bunch of free beer. He'd get free food. He's not going to have to buy anything. (laughs) San Diego fans will hook him up. 
have uh, Will's wife Maggie here. Hopefully that's what happens. Because I want him to get a standing ovation. I want him to be able to see that video played on the Jumbotron. And it would suck for an illness to be why he can't be here. Yeah, we'll get to Omar. I see your comment about Drew Pomerantz. We'll get to Drew. We'll get to Drew. Don't worry. If you want to support the channel, make sure I get to your comment, your question. You can use that Super Chat button. If you're here live, you want to join the show, you can click that link that is pinned up at the top of the comments. Uh, getting to the offense from today, I mean, we could talk about the offense from these last two games combined. But today, Tatis, two-hit game. I think he has an eight- or nine-game hitting streak now. Soto, two for three. Bogart's got a hit, extended his on-base streak to 29 games with the Padres to start the season. Don, for some reason, on the broadcast said 30 games, but today was the 29th game. Padres were 14 and 14 ent entering today. They're now 15 and 14, 29 games in a row. 31 if you go back to last year, because I believe Bogart's got on base with the Red Sox the last two games that he played there in the regular season. They didn't make the playoffs, obviously, last year. So 31 in total, 29 to start the season for the Padres. And that ties the Padres record, franchise record, Bobby Brown from 1983, the Padres record for consecutive games reaching base by a single player uh, at the start of their Padres tenure. So it's not like the, the Padres record on base streak record, but like to start a tenure, um, he has tied it. So tomorrow he can break that if he gets on base against the Reds, which I would think he will get on base. But every day, you know, in the back of your head, it's like, all right, this is probably the day Xander's not going to get on base. But then he continues to get on base. Yeah, I see Max in the comments here says, Manny, four strikeouts today. Yeah, it wasn't great, but he had a big day yesterday. So I'm just going to kind of look past that for today. And uh, with this Mexico series, like they won both games. It's a different environment. I'm just going to take the positives like the with the pitching. I'm not going to read too much into it. And the offense, if you perform well, then that's great. If you didn't, it's two games, you know. And I know you could say, well, Manny hasn't been performing all year long. I think you're seeing better at bats. I think you're you're seeing him put some better swings on the ball, make better contact, more barrels because he wasn't barreling up the ball really to start the year. But I'm seeing better uh, encouraging things from Manny. And then Soto, obviously, big day yesterday in the first game. He had that RBI hit today, two hits today, actually. He scored a run, drove in a run. Uh, he walked once. He did kind of feel for his hamstring, his left hamstring, in one of his at-bats today. Swung and missed and, like, immediately felt for the hammy and then was stretching it a little bit. But I guess he was fine because later that at-bat, he goes back to his Soto shuffle. So kind of took a deep breath there when we saw that he was okay, or at least when I saw that he was okay, because that was that was a little scary. Um, I'm seeing from Dennis Lynn here on Twitter about Austin Nola. So his home run today, he if you if you weren't watching the game, he took a pitch and then he kind of slammed his bat, the knob of the bat, on the dirt just to make sure it wasn't broken. 
and I guess it was broken. So he went and got a new bat, comes in, first pitch with the new bat, hits a bomb, uh, his first home run of the year. So I, I guess you know when that bat has no more hits left in it. No, it was broken. That was interesting. I, I don't think I've seen that before. I know Mud was saying that on the broadcast. Like, a guy watches a pitch and then goes and gets a new bat. Usually, you know, you break your bat, swing in, fouling it off or whatever, you go get a new bat. Like, it's obvious. But he did it by checking the bat to see if it was broken on the dirt after taking a pitch. I guess it was, according to Nola, it was a legit, almost full down the middle crack. So yeah, that was pretty bad. I'm glad he didn't try to swing with that bat because that might have hurt someone or just wouldn't have had good contact on it at all. Uh, I'm seeing in the comments here is the real Soto back. I think it's too early to say that. Maybe Soto has his confidence back. He had a good series, had hits in both games. I was encouraged by what I saw, but he did ground into that double play today. Like, if the Padres didn't win this game today 6-4, I think we probably would have been focusing more on that second inning, that third inning, where the Padres had a runner on third and they didn't come through. You look at the second inning, Cruz tripled, shown off the wheels. Uh, I think it was a triple shy of the cycle yesterday, by the way. So one night or one day too late. He tripled, but then he was stranded on third because Carpenter and Nola struck out. Then you go to the third inning. Grish got on third. Uh, Tatis was on first. Soto grounded into that double play with one out in the inning. Tatis got out. Soto got out. Inning over. Grish got stranded. We would have probably been looking at those two innings there, those opportunities, if the Padres weren't able to come back and win this game today. But they were able to do it. So I don't, I don't think we're going to be focusing on that too much. But just to hold them accountable, I think it's good to, to mention those plays. And Soto, you know, getting back to the Soto thing, is, is the real Soto back? I think it's too early to, to say that. Like It's two games. I, I love the Saturday home run that he hit. Staying through the ball, hit it kind of to center, but more oppo. Like, that was encouraging. And he came through with an RBI single today. But he did have the rollover uh, ground into a double play there, like I just talked about. I'm going to have to see more of him. And this was Mexico, uh, so just a different environment. Let's see how he can do this next week. Facing Cincinnati, facing the Dodgers. Let's see how he can do in Minnesota, facing the Twins. They have some good pitchers. They're off to a good start. Let's see the next like week and a half, two weeks, to see if Soto is doing the same stuff that he did in this Mexico series to really judge if the real Soto is back. I, I obviously I hope that he's that he's back. The the 2019 Washington Nationals Juan Soto, hopefully he's back. But it's a couple it's only a couple games. Um anything else that I wanted to hit on from this game? I mean, Hater locked it down. He is probably the best reliever in baseball because Edwin Diaz is hurt and he he he'd be up there anyway. Um has a .69 ERA. Today was his 10th save on the season. He might have pitched yesterday if it was like a four-run game. Bowmel was saying after the game yesterday. But they got it to five, so he ended up not pitching. 
Congratulations yesterday, by the way, to Tom, uh, yeah, Tom Cosgrove. He made his big league debut. He got the win, only four pitches, but made his big league debut. That was cool to see. Um, I'll get to the rest of the game, talking about the rest of yesterday's game here in a second, but just wanted to go through some in the chat here. The beef says a lot of anxiety, but we got it done. Let's keep the train rolling and keep getting the wins. You think that they should be able to stack them up against the Reds here in this series, but then they welcome in the Dodgers, which the Padres have not had success in the regular season against the Dodgers. I know it's different teams now, and the Padres, I think, are a better team than the Dodgers, but got to prove it before people think that you know, you're, the, you're the team on top, right? Let's see here. Nola heating up. Nola ending the year 270 with a 850 OPS. No. Um, yeah, I don't think so. And that home run was, that feels like it was a Mexico City home run. What was the di the distance on that home run? I have no idea. But it was one where it, it went to center. And it wasn't one where it was like a bomb, I didn't think. Good swing. But that might be like a fly out to the warning track or a fly out to center or maybe just a double at Petco. But, I mean, I'll take the home run. I'll definitely take the home run. Eloy says, Shoto, uh, not Shoto, who's Shoto? Soto should lead off. Um, I don't think the Padres really want that. Soto, has he said in the past that he doesn't like leading off? I feel like I remember him saying that because he wants to see more pitches of that pitcher before coming in into the box. So I don't think they would do that. I think it's either Bogarts or Tatis or the off chance of like Crony or Grish. They did do Crony recently kind of just as a one-off, I think in the series finale against the Cubs at Wrigley, where Manny hit fifth and Crony let off. But yeah, I don't I don't see Soto leading off. I get the I get why you're you're saying that. Like he sees pitches, get he still gets on base a lot. Um like that would be great with Tatis and Bogarts and Manny coming up and Crony and one of the DHs, but they they like having Soto probably in that two hole or three or three. Um Soto likes hitting third, I think. I think that's where he likes the most. And these first or these two games in Mexico, having Tatis, Manny, Soto, Bogarts, those top four, that order, that worked out for the Padres. So maybe Bomel just sticks with that, regardless of if a righty's pitching or a lefty's pitching, starting the game, I mean, just to see how it does like consistently, like giving you know a larger sample size of how those top four do in that order because um, it worked. And we know Bomel is a superstitious guy. So we'll see. I don't think they'd lead Soto off, though. Omar says, can't lose hope on Juan. He's going to start smashing LFGSD. Solely, please, for this red series, should at least get the split. So, Omar, you want Brett Sullivan to to catch, I'm assuming, over Nola. I mean, Nola's going to get the majority of the playing time. 
uh, that, that's just the way it is. I don't think the Padres trust Sullivan as much as Campy. Just experience-wise, he doesn't have a ton of experience with the major league pitchers. And the major league pitchers, obviously, are going to trust Nola more than Brett Sullivan. Super chat here from Game Effect. Thank you so much. Told you, he says, uh, carpet first, or he or she, I don't know who it is. Carpet first, he's way too good to sit on the bench. Cruz DH, Kim's defense doesn't hold off Cruz or Carp. Thanks. No, thank you. Um, I think they're fine with Carp at first and then having Kim come in and have Crony shift over to first late in games that they have a lead just to have the best defense out there. Uh, but I don't think you're going to see that like every day having Carp play first and Crony play second. I'm fine with it when they want to get both the H's in there on the same day or want to give Carpenter just a day at first instead of having him only DH. Matchup wise, like I'm fine with Cart playing first. Yeah, but I think they like having Hassan Kim's defense in there every inning at second base. And we know based on like the platoon splits, um, Carpenter, Matt Carpenter facing righties and Cruz facing lefties, like that's the better combination than just running out Matt Carpenter out there every day. Like the numbers have shown that. Um, so I don't think, yeah, Carp, he is good. He's very good, but he's not going to play every day. That, should, that, that was the plan going into the season, and I think that's just going to continue to be the plan. All right, let's get to the second game, or not the second game, the first game of this series. I already talked about the second game. Uh, quick break first, though. Check out Gaglione Bros Famous Cheesesteaks and Garlic Fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website, gaglionebros.com, for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. So Padres in the first game of this series, they win 16-11. to and I'll just tell you, I, I, I did not watch the entire game, but I watched the first few innings and then watched the middle innings. Didn't see the end because I was working, but uh, I kept getting updates at the end, you know, the last, what, three innings or so of this game. And it was just back and forth, home runs all over the place. And I'm just sitting there laughing, watching these updates, and I'm like, this is literally a home run derby. What were there? 11 home runs in this game yesterday? It was nuts. The Padres scored in every single inning that they had in at bat since, uh, or other than the sixth inning. Two runs in the first, an inning, or a run in the second inning, two runs in the third, two runs in the fourth, three runs in the fifth, no runs in the sixth, two runs in the seventh, and four in the eighth to tack on those runs uh, and allow Hader to not have to pitch in this game, which was, I think, big because now Hader can go tomorrow if they want to have him pitch back-to-back days. Um, but yeah, Tatis. So Tatis and Manny yesterday combined to go five for 10, five runs driven in, six runs scored. That's freaking nuts. That is nuts. And then Nelson Cruz has a five-hit game. Five for six, four RBI. 
a run scored, triples today. What a series for him. He's now, with this series that he had, you know how he was struggling though that like week span where he like wasn't hitting breaking balls, all pitchers were throwing to him were breaking balls. Now he has a great couple games here and he's hitting over 300 again. So I, I don't know if the Padres are just going to ride Cruz because he's a hot bat. Because they did that a little bit with Carpenter going into that Cub series, I believe, at Wrigley. But yeah, what a series. I mean, showing off the wheels a little bit for 42. Pretty good. Still moving. Showing off the dance moves. But yeah, that was nuts. The home runs were nuts from the Padres yesterday. And I know it's Mexico City. All of those home runs were not actually home runs if you go to like Petco probably or to another stadium. But it was still really cool to see the first game that we have seen where Tatis, Manny, Soto, and Bogarts have all homered and Cruz if you want to add him in there. But the first game that we have seen as Padres fans that the, the big four in this lineup, the top four, have all homered in the same game. Soto and Bogarts go back to back. Soto, by the way, had that great swing, stayed through the ball. Like, that was a 2019 Juan Soto home run. If you go watch that breakdown that I did on Friday morning about Juan Soto and why the heck is he continuing to pull the ball so much, you look at that 2019 swing from the World Series, and that looked like that swing right there. So I was encouraged by that. And then Bogarts, obviously, with the home run. He has, I think, six home runs this year, leads the Padres. Soto, I think, has five, which I was a little surprised by considering how much he had struggled. I thought it was more like four, three or four. But, um, yeah, he's when he makes contact, I mean, he's hitting the ball hard uh, when he's not rolling over. You know, other than that, it's it's rollovers or it's home runs. That, that's what it feels like with Soto. Um, so, again, we'll see what the next week and a half, two weeks brings there. But then Tatis and Manny go back to back. Manny had two home runs in this game. It was really cool seeing how pumped up he was. Like that was that was like a playoff Manny pumped up, if that makes sense. Um, and it kind of was like a I don't want to say a playoff environment because the stands, it was like what 20,000 people were the was the capacity there. So it was not playoff crowd um noise level, but you could still hear it through the TV. Uh, it seemed like the atmosphere was really good. And Tatis's home run, that was like a fly-out swing or kind of fouling it off, just trying to stay alive. And Mexico City, I mean, that's a home run. Like, kind of reminds me of what, the, the short porch at Yankee Stadium, where, yeah, that's probably a fly-out. Oh, no, that's a home run. Mexico City, that Tatis swing, I mean, go back and look at it. That's that's not a home run swing. Now, he is strong, so I got to give him credit there, but I don't, I, I'm not sure if that would have been a home run in most major league ballparks, but I'll take it. He threw out a runner yesterday as well at uh, from right field, throwing it into third at Manny on, on a one hop. I have noticed that his throws have been much better, at least the ones that I have seen. Hitting the cutoff man today, he hit Crony at first. Um Throwing the ball lower. Remember in the Arizona series, right? He was airmailing some guys. That was his first series back. Had to get used to it. Now he's he's. It feels like he's more comfortable in right field, throwing, fielding, pretty much everything. So 
I would not be surprised if Tatis wins a gold glove. Maybe not this year, but next year if he still is in right field, I would not be surprised. Speaking about gold gloves, I would not be surprised if Crony wins one this year at first base. Maybe he's not going to get the like attention that Paul Goldschmidt or Pete Alonso or uh, Freddie Freeman, just the big name first baseman, are going to get because he's not the the typical first baseman power, right? But and he's probably overshadowed just from casual fans that don't watch every Padres game by Soto, Tatis, Bogarts, uh, Manny, right? But his defense has been so good. I remember in spring training, there was that video of him. He was working in his new glove, his Wilson glove, and he had trouble with a pick, and he was, like, cussing at himself. And there were some people that freaked out about it, and I was like, relax, guys. It's And I know some others were as well. Relax. It's like the first or second day of spring training. He'll be good. And he's been good. Um, better than good. Saving some errors from Bogarts or from other infielders. Making sprawling plays like he did last night. It was the eighth inning. It was a one-run game. This was before they tacked on four runs, I believe, in the bottom of the eighth to not make it a game anymore. So it was still a close game. Martinez is on the mound. Grounder. Crony goes into the, the first second base hole there. And Martinez kind of got over there late, but Crony, like he didn't, he, it was like all one motion. It was so good. All one motion, backhand dive, spins to his right and throws it perfectly to first base at, to Nick Martinez. And Nick was fired up. That was so amazing. I could watch that guy play first base all day. And obviously the play that he made, with Bogarts in Arizona where Bogarts kind of fell, had that like miracle scoop, then gets up, throws it on a hop and crony somehow stayed on the bag for as much, as long as he had to, uh, you know, caught it, had the foot on the bag. He's out. That was a, tr I, I don't think that this play here last night topped that, but it was pretty dang good. Pretty dang good. All right. Uh, Musgrove, I wanted to hit on him. I, th I think I said this earlier already, but yeah, his outing yesterday was not that great. Three and a third, did not get through four. Seven earned runs allowed. Uh, three hits. How many walks? Wrong game, sorry. Uh, one walk, so not bad. But yeah, ZRA is 1080, but don't even, yeah, just don't care. Don't look at that. It doesn't matter. Um, this is a one-off. I'm not going to sit here and all of a sudden be concerned with Joe Musgrove. Oh, no, he gave up seven earned runs against the Giants. Well, it's in Mexico City. It's his second start of the season. I'm not worried. Joe's the last guy I'm going to worry about in the rotation. Um, he'll be he'll be better. Definitely not worried. I'm literally just like, all right, flush the toy doll on that one or throw that one into the garbage. Like, whatever. It's Mexico City. Padres won the game. The offense scored 16 runs. The over-under in this game was 15 and a half runs. And the Padres got the over on that by themselves. I was going into that game like, eh, that might be a little crazy. 15 and a half runs combined, that's a lot. What do I know? Teams combined for 27 runs in this game. Now, the over-under, I'll say the over-under for today's game was insane. I think it was 19 and a half. 
That I knew was not going to happen. Like that's that's crazy. I didn't I didn't think another yeah the over under was nineteen and a half. I, I I did not see another sixteen to eleven game happening, or a ten to ten game happening. I I could have seen eight six or I don't know eight seven or nine eight. That still wouldn't even be enough for the nineteen and a half over under. So that would that should have been an easy under for anyone that did that today. Um, but yeah, overall for this Padres team, I mean, it's an encouraging couple games. I, I'm not a believer in momentum in baseball. Like you're, you could be facing a crappy starting pitcher one day and you feel great about the offense, but then the next day you face a guy that is on his game and you look like a minor league team, you know, it, it's baseball. It's not like basketball where, Oh, I'm feeling good shooting at the free throw line or I'm feeling good behind the arc and you just write it. No, it's or golf where, you know, kind of a feel thing. Kind of depends on who 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 the pitching staff is. Who is that starting pitcher that you're facing the next day? And how is he? Is he leaving balls over the middle of the plate or is he hitting his spots? How nasty is his out pitch? You know, the changeup or is it a splitter or what is it? You know, the sweeper that like they like to call it now, uh, which isn't that just a slider that has horizontal movement, more horizontal movement than vertical. Uh, so hopefully you get my point. I'm just not a huge believer in momentum, but I love that the offense finally had those outbursts in this series. And hopefully Juan Soto has some more confidence back. It's just two games and we'll see what happens tomorrow against the Reds. But I'd rather have this happen, obviously, than them struggle offensively in the most hitter-friendly environment like ever in Major League history, you know, where the elevation's over 7,000 feet. Uh, Shout-out yesterday, by the way, to the bullpen. I know Wilson gave up a few runs, but Cosgrove, Martinez, Tim Hill got out of a jam. Honeywell, an inning and in thir- two-thirds, excuse me, one earned run. I mean, I, l- I like where this bullpen's at. And like I said with the whole Ryan Weathers thing, like there's guys and there's depth in this bullpen. There just is, at least right now. That's what it's looking like. So I'm fine with Weathers being not on the roster right now. He'll be back. Just keep him built up. They have Nick Martinez who can pitch every few days and go a few innings. I mean, yesterday, right? He had what? How many pitches? 30? Which was that's not a lot for Nick. But he had 30 pitches, two innings. And if he needed to go a third, he would have been able to go to a third, I would think. Because that's like nothing for Nick. Especially when he started as a starter this year. So, Padres now are a game over 500. What's the... I wonder what the standings look like now. Let me. I'm going to check the standings. Yeah, I know. It's April 30th. But it's the last day of April. So the Padres, they finish April above 500. And in the division, hold on one second. MLB.com's got a load for me. They're one game back. So the D-backs are 16 and 13. Dodgers are 16 and 13. Padres' run differential is negative 13. The Dodgers is plus 17. And the Padres are one game back. So with all the 
maybe overreactions or all of the worrying among some Padres fans on social media that I've seen, you know, in this first month of the season, the Padres are one game back in the division. Despite the offense struggling, some of the stars not 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 uh, living up to expectations, at least in the first month of the season. Musgrove having two starts, one of them being in Mexico City. Tatis missing the first 20 games. No Robert Suarez. I'll take where the Padres are at right now. All right, I'm going to get to the chat and then hit on some other San Diego sports stuff uh, after this break. I want to tell you about the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports. It's underdog fantasy. They have great pick'em games and best ball tournaments. In pickup games, just pick higher or lower on two to five players' stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. You can go cross-team, cross-league, and even cross-sport. Best ball revolves around the draft, which is what every fan loves the most about fantasy and it eliminates the hassle of having to manage your roster all season long, resulting in a fun and easy fantasy product. How does it work exactly? You enter a contest where you participate in a snake draft against other users. That lineup that you drafted competes against every other draft in the entire contest. The better the combined performance of your team, the more money you win. After your lineup is all played, Underdog will take the best performing players and automatically set them as your starting lineup. That's it. No waivers, no trades, no worrying about who to start or sit. After you complete your draft, your part is done. Underdog Fantasy offers best ball in a variety of ways, including daily contests, weekly contests, playoff contests, and season-long contests. You can either enter into these and compete against thousands of other entrants for huge prizes, Or, if you'd like, you can enter into a private draft with friends and family to compete for a smaller prize pool. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Sign up now by clicking the link in the description or by using the promo code TALKINGFRIERS and you'll double your first deposit up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of $10 or more. So if you deposit $100, you get $100 free. If you deposit $10, you get $10 free. All right. So I'm seeing in the chat about Drew Pomerantz and everything that's happened with him. So he was on a rehab assignment. And this is the first rehab assignment that he went on. And he was about to make a start for AAA El Paso. Everything was going well. And then he had like a neck strain. And so he didn't pitch then he went back to san diego then he went on another rehab assignment and recently he has felt discomfort in his throwing arm so he has been shut down and according to kevin ac there's not a great likelihood of him pitching for the padres this year and i can't say that i'm surprised i would not expect drew pomerantz to pitch for the Padres this season. I initially had hope that he was going to. And if he does, then great. He pitches for the Padres and he can help the Padres when he's on the mound. If you go look at his numbers with the Padres and at the end of 2019 with the Brewers, it's been good. Like he's a good pitcher. He's an impact reliever, but he just can't stay healthy. And so this contract 
that A.J. Preller, the Padres, gave Drew Pomerantz, it is not looking good at all. You go through this contract, and it was a four-year deal, over $30 million. Four years, $34 million, an $8 million signing bonus. And in that period of time with the Padres, he has less than 50 innings, I believe. Relievers get that in one season. Healthy relievers. Pomerantz has been here now. This is his fourth season in this contract. Getting paid an, a base salary of $8 million this year to not pitch for the Padres, essentially. They're not giving up on him, but it's sure disappointing. You'd like, you would have liked to have Drew Pomerantz in that bullpen last year in the postseason. I know the bullpen had success, but you obviously would like to have another lefty in there. You'd like to have him, in the, have him in the bullpen now, especially with Robert Suarez down. And I'm not saying this is a lack of effort on Drew Pomerantz's part, on, on his part. Like, he's told the media of how much, how, how tired he is of not being able to be on the mound and be healthy. So I'm not saying it's a lack of effort. I just understand fans' frustrations that he's not on the field and he's getting all this money. Over $30 million for a reliever, that's a good amount of money that the Padres gave him. And he has not really given anything to the Padres in that time. Not Nothing of really, like, value, right? So, yeah, disappointing contract. One of the worst contracts. It's going to end up being, unless Pomerantz, like, is healthy at the end of this year and he's, you know, helps them go win a World Series, then obviously, who cares? But... If they don't, or if he doesn't help the Padres, then it's going to be probably one of the worst contracts that A.J. Preller has given out. Now, Preller, he has hit on some contracts, and he has missed on some contracts. And I think the Pomerantz one is going to fall into that miss category. Are we surprised by this? No. On, on social media, I saw a lot of, yeah, the sky is blue. You know, like, no, duh. Of course he's going to have a setback. Of course he's he's not going to be able to return right now to the Padres and that's just what we have to deal with you know sometimes a body breaks down earlier than some other pitchers bodies do I don't know what's happening I'm not going to question his effort his desire to help the Padres I'm not I don't think he's just sitting there like yeah I'm bringing in eight million dollars and I don't have to pitch that's great. No, I think he wants to help the team. And it just sucks that he he's probably not going to be able to do that. Or if he does, it's not going to be – I don't think it's going to be that much of an impact that he's going to provide to this Padres team. So definitely disappointing. All right, back to the chat. Omar says, didn't want to join John in Mexico City, Ben. Yeah, John Schaefer is who Omar is referring to. Yeah, no, I'm good. No, he, uh, John, John and his wife, I believe, are in Mexico. So hopefully they enjoyed that. I guess that was their vacation, but John was there to go watch baseball. I mean, let's let's be honest. Uh, Devin asked, "Do you work for the Wave?" Yes, I do. And we'll get to them here in a second. But just want to get through the rest of this chat. 
I used to work for the Padres, Eloy. Yeah. Oh, is that true? Mol okay, Molokai says Rogers got the L in both games. No, the Bogart, the Bogart's 30 game on base. Uh, it's not 30 games, it's 29. Tomorrow he would break the Padres record, franchise record, for on base streak to start a Padres tenure. Right now he's tied with what's his name? Bobby Brown, 1983. Eloy says, I think that's why they didn't use the humidor on the baseballs to put a show on to get people excited. Yeah, I did see something about that where they're it's not like they were using the same, the humidor of like Coors Field. Um, they were using like the same humidor as, as other, other ballparks. So yeah, the ball was going to fly. I don't think major baseball cares what the pitchers think. I think they wanted a show and a show is having Tatis, Soto, Manny, Bogarts, Cruz, all Homer in the same game. That's what a show is. That's what gets people like, Oh wow. Look what's happening in this Mexico game. Let me tune in. Thoughts on A's going to Vegas? Uh, it sucks. I mean, sure, it'll be interesting to see how that looks. But, yeah, that sucks. A's fans, I mean, diehard San Diego sports fans that didn't go continue to root for the Chargers, even though they're in our rival city. Um, San Diego sports fans, you know, losing the Chargers, we know that feeling. And Oakland has lost the Raiders, and they've lost the A's now. Or they're going to lose the A's. So, yeah, I, I totally understand those that are going to those games now. You know, the 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 protests that are going on in right field, the signs that are hanging, sell the team, uh, Fisher out, John – or is it John Fisher, I think is his name? The owner of the team, sell the team, all that. Like, yeah, he doesn't care about the Oakland fans. I mean, that's pretty obvious. He could have paid – if he wanted to stay in Oakland, like you're a billionaire. You can stay – where you want to stay. Um, but no, he views it as a business. He's fine with only 6,000 fans going a night. And that just sucks to see sucks for Oakland. That's for sure. Omar says any word on Castillo been a hot minute. He'll be, he'll, he'll excuse me. He'll come back before drew. I've not heard anything on Jose Castillo. Actually. Is he in triple a? I'm, he, I think he, I don't think he's like on a rehab assignment. I think he's just with AAA now. I could be wrong on that. Let's see our minors. So, so far, oh, it looks like, so it says he hasn't pitched this year. I'm not seeing anything for 2023. If I go on his minor league MLB.com page. So I have no idea what's going on there. I did see him in spring training. I did see some video of him, so he's still with the organization, but sorry, can't answer that question. Thank you, Carlo. Says keep it up with the great videos. Yeah, Palmer Glass. I saw that a lot on social media. Yeah. Irie says no Myers on the IL. Myers going to be on the going to be the next Padres hitting coach. He'll get the party with us somehow. Yeah, I don't see that happening. He'll probably, when he retires, he'll probably just go golf in North Carolina. But he's welcome to Petco anytime. 
And then Irie's talking about the Preller contracts given out. Can't win them all. Clev, Palm, I don't count Myers, not his fault. They backloaded his contract. Yeah, I don't think Myers lived up to his contract. But when you look at the contract now, that, that's not like an insane amount of money. What was it, 83 million, something like that? It's not like they gave him 300 mil, right? And Myers was a, you know, he was in his prime when they signed him. Remember, that was that was the Padres of old, right? They, that was like the biggest contract in Padres history at the time. So looking back on it, that doesn't seem like it was that bad, at least in my opinion. I don't think it was that terrible. Definitely not on the Hosmer level, that's for sure. All right. Thank you, everyone, for the comments. I'll, I can get back to the chat after I'm done talking about some other San Diego sports. Um, any super chats, I'll definitely get to. Thank you for the support. Um, let's start with San Diego State here for a second. So the NFL draft, I'm not a huge NFL guy anymore, obviously, because of what happened here. But um, San Diego State, no one was drafted. No Aztecs were drafted, but there were, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, I think six, I think seven, seven Aztecs signed with NFL teams. Caden McDonald, Indianapolis, Keyshawn Banks, Green Bay, Jesse Matthews, I'm sure most fans know who uh, he is, their top wide receiver. He's going to Houston, so he'll get to play with C.J. Stroud. Uh, Jordan Bird, Pittsburgh Steelers. And then there were a couple more, uh, a few more that signed elsewhere as well. So good for them, obviously, getting to at least be in an NFL franchise, in that NFL organization, practice squad, maybe. Maybe some will make the, what is it, 53-man roster? I forget how many players. Uh, but congratulations to them. The San Diego Loyal. Uh, they had their third match yesterday in a six-day period. They ended up falling 2-1. That was their first home loss of the season. Um, I think, look, whenever a team has to have three matches in one week, that's tough. And I know the Seattle Sounders were not playing all their best players in that U.S. Open Cup match that was on Wednesday. But still... That, that's a little bit elevated competition. There was travel involved. Played extra time on Wednesday. Like, that, that's a tough week. So I'm sure they'll rebound from that. And then the San Diego Wave, they unfortunately suffered their final or their, their first home loss of the season, including the Challenge Cup match that they had at home against Portland uh, a couple weeks back. It was sloppy, and Casey Stoney, the head coach, she said that post-match, so it's not like I'm being too critical of them. Like Casey Stoney said, sloppy errors. She, she said she doesn't get disappointed very much, but she was disappointed from this performance. It didn't seem like they were very much in sync. They lose 3-1, to one, and Orlando, coming into this game, Orlando Pride, they were 0-4. Like, they're not good. This was the first lead that they had all season long so far. So, yeah, it was sloppy. Now, Alex Morgan did not play. Amira Ali, she did not start the game either. But 
still, you're playing the worst team in the league. You shouldn't lose 3-1 at home. And there were some offensive opportunities that were missed. Jane Shaw did score. Uh, she continues to score. She can't stop scoring. Uh, but she did. She missed an opportunity. I believe Doniak missed an opportunity where she went left of the keeper. And it was just a couple defenders at the net. And she was not able to get that one in. Uh, Ali scored, but it was taken back because she was offsides. And defensively, yeah, it was kind of sloppy. I mean, Gurma, uncharacteristic of her. There was one goal where it went straight through her legs. And the Orlando player was so close to the goal, like Sheridan didn't have a whole lot of time to react. Um, and she was kind of blocked by Gurma. There was another one where Real, one of the defenders for the wave, she kind of didn't get back in time and left Gurma alone with two pride uh, forwards there. And that led to a goal. There was another one where Sheridan just didn't have a whole lot of space to operate. Um, and there was a goal there. I believe that was the header. Doniak was there. There were a couple others. She just didn't have a whole lot of room. And maybe she was blocked a little bit. But, uh, yeah, just was not the cleanest performance from the wave. Having Alex Morgan in there would have helped, I, I'm sure. But that's they still would have had to score four goals to win that, three to, to get a result to tie. Uh, to get that draw. Um, a positive was the debut of 15-year-old Mel Barsanis. Mel B, 15. She came in. The crowd went nuts. That was cool. She's from San Diego. She she spoke at that first crest unveiling event when Alex Morgan and Abby uh, Dahlkemper were there. Um, so that's that's a cool moment that she gets to. She made history first, or the, the youngest uh, NWSL player ever to get minutes in a match and she did not score, but she had a chance, at least one. I, I remember. And I saw some pretty darn good footwork there and it seemed like there was a little bit of a spark that that provided. I don't know how much more playing time she's going to get this season, but like Casey Sony said after the match, like she believes in Mel the way believe in Mel or else they wouldn't have signed her. So if the situation presents itself again, where or she's probably going to get she'll get playing time, I would think, during the World Cup uh, because she's not going, obviously. And Morgan's going to be gone. There's uh, Jakobsen. I'm trying to think of other forwards that are going to be gone. Um, Van Eggman might be gone. I know she's not a she's a midfielder, but uh, there's going to be multiple players gone. Korniak's going to be gone, so she's going to get more playing time this year. I just wonder how much like when the big stars are here, how much she's going to get. But yeah, un unfortunate, disappointing loss for the Wave. First home loss of the year. Now they have a match in Washington next weekend. They don't have another home match for like another month, which is weird, but they've already had, what, four home matches already this year. So they got to start trickling in, you know, those road matches. So Wave lose, loyal lose. But the Padres, they end up taking these two games. And so Padres fans, obviously, they are happy about that. Um, I'm going to the, the chat here. Someone says Carp got injured. 
I don't think he did. Oh, talking about the Yankees last year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, he was like Babe Ruth, and then he fouled the ball off his foot. Chris says, Nola has been hitting the same broken bat since opening day, and now that he changed it up, he's going to go off. I don't think so. Look, the bat, the bat, I don't think the bat's been broken since opening day. Uh, what do I do for the wave? Oh, um, ambassador. So whatever they need of me. Um, Padres, I was working with tickets. Oh, Chris says he's just joking. Okay. Yeah, the Padres, they didn't allow me to do this show while I was doing that for some reason. So, yeah, I, I stopped. I stopped doing that. Because I'm a passionate Padres fan, and I, I want to communicate with other Padres fans, and I love doing this show. So I was, I'm going to pick this. All right. I think that'll do it. Episode 390. Oh, wait, wait. Sorry. Voicemail from Jason. I got a voicemail. Uh, don't get too many anymore, but I did get one. Uh, and he asked, are the struggles for the Padres due to the pitch clock? Like he's wondering if that might be one of the struggles. And I think for some guys you could say that, but I think now they're a month, in, a month into the season. I think that's just an excuse now. Like, it's too far in. I know we're not deep into the season, but pitch clock-wise, you should be used to it now, a month into the season. The first week, okay. Soto, Manny, maybe not being comfortable, whatever. I know Manny got ejected that one game earlier this year because of that and the miscommunication or just misunderstanding on the rules and all that. Musgrove has gotten dinged a little bit with that. But I think now you're, at least for guys that have been here since the start of the season, that, that's just a, an excuse, and I, I would not, I wouldn't buy that. I w I'm not using that as an excuse, that's for sure. All right, episode 390, Padres-Giants. These two games were a success, I think, for the Padres, and now they've got three games against the Reds. If you want to look at the pitching matchups real quick, uh, Weaver on the mound for the Reds, Snell on the mound tomorrow. Tatis is back at Petco. We'll see if Will shows up Tuesday. 640 Graham Ashcraft, a 210 ERA so far this year. And he just lost, I think, his grandfather. And he pitched his butt off in his first start since then. So that's a feel-good story there. Michael Walk on the mound for the Padres. And then on Wednesday in the series finale, a day game. Luis Sessa used to be a reliever for the Yankees. He'll be on the mound, or at least he's scheduled to be on the mound for the Reds. And then Seth Lugo on the mound for the Padres. Then the Padres, they have an off day on Thursday before three games against the Dodgers. So there you go. That's what's coming up. That'll do it. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. See ya. Go Padres.